0: This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace
1: the odds. I want winners. Usually when a team
2: wins 6-2 in hockey, you think, oh, the team with six goals really dominated. But that wasn't the case. But Canada does beat the United States. The gold medal game will be going on today right here on TSN 1050. It was a lot of fun, and we will get all into that. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. You are listening to TSN 1050. The Maple Leafs taking on the Seattle Kraken. I got a crazy thought about why betting on the Chicago Bulls is just, is hazardous to your own health and a very different sort of opening thought. But the biggest story that's been dominating since Monday night is DeMar Hamlin, who suffered cardiac arrest during that Monday night game against the Bengals. His uh, condition has been improving. And uh, to the point where we have this clip from Dr. William Knight from the University of Cincinnati with the latest.
0: Uh, We would like to share that there has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, We had significant concern um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field, uh, but he is making substantial progress. Uh, As of this morning, uh, he is beginning uh, to awaken uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr- uh, proud to report that, very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization uh, that he is making improvement. Uh, he continues to be critically ill uh, and continues to, to undergo intensive care uh, in our surgical and trauma ICU. Uh, he's being uh, cared for by uh, ICU uh, neurosurgery, I'm, I'm sorry, neurocritical care teams. Uh, trauma surgery uh, and a cardiology team, as well as our expert nurses uh, and respiratory uh, therapists, uh, they are attending to him, and he still has uh, significant progress that he needs to make. Uh, but this remark, uh, this marks a really uh, good turning point uh, in his ongoing care.
2: At one point, the doctors asked, or the, he asked the doctors by writing it out, who won the game? The doctor said, "You won the the game of life, or you won your life." So that is a uh, a significant improvement and the mood and the tenor of all things Damar Tamlin, uh, I think you can agree jo- producer Josh, vastly different today than what it was 48 hours ago.
1: Well yeah the whole narrative and the whole story has completely flipped in such a positive way Matt, to hear the words remarkable, yeah. to hear the words improvement, to hear the words won the game of life that is just so breaking to me Yep. saying wow the journey that he's been on in these last couple of days, Oof. to know that he's neurological intact. Yeah. To hear that his functions are going, hearing that he's holding the hands of his loved ones, hearing that his teammates have been in there. Matt, this story is just so incredible, turning in such a positive way. And um, as a follower of the Bills, I've been in on this story for the last... 48 hours since this happened, Matt. So, um, it's great. The prayers are still going. Yeah. And um, we know not only the NFL, the sports world, but the entire world is behind him.
2: A hundred percent. Dave Naylor tweeted out, how long will DeMar Hamlin be on a ventilator? As long as it takes. We'd like to liberate him as soon as possible. He has been holding hands with friends and family. Uh, We'll chat about that more. And also just on the football implications. Uh, We we don't know what's going to happen with the Bengals-Bills game. I don't think it ever gets played. I think uh, everything will be determined by win percentage. That'll make some fans happy. That'll make some fans upset. And eventually we'll just go back to yammering about football, which is a lot easier than talking about literally life and death uh, situations. we we'll also get in the Raptors. They can't shoot. And and we could talk about what a wonderful comeback and it was. It was a remarkable comeback, but they lose against the Bucks team that was without their second and third best player. Milwaukee was playing back to back. The Raptors can't shoot. But for my opening thought, I'm going in a bit of a different direction. Uh, you may enjoy, you may not, we'll see, but it's, a, it's, a, it's also, in a very, very different way, the celebration of the human spirit. Uh, let's get to my opening thought.
0: Time now for Matt's
1: opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. No, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Yep, so let's go a little
2: different. We'll get back to Canada-America, and now their revenge game against, damn you, Czechia. Raptors can't shoot, and the Chicago Bulls have a really weird record. But I want to focus on former Cleveland Browns offensive lineman Joe Thomas. Bet you didn't see that coming. See, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, they revealed their class of 2023 finalists last night. And there was three very recognizable names that are uh, are now finalists, and they're in their first year of eligibility. Cornerback Darrell Rivas, defensive end Dwight Freeney, and yes, Joe Thomas. All three deserve to get in on their first try. But none of them went through the football nightmare that was Joe Thomas. And I know a lot, of, a lot of people will spend time complaining about who was not nominated, who's been snubbed, and what the hell does Fred Taylor need to do? But right here, right now, I, just, I want to use this space to celebrate and recognize the life of maybe the most dedicated, loyal football player ever. Think of it the opposite of Kevin Durant. The man spent 11 seasons in Cleveland Okay, He was the story of Job. He was Sisyphus trying to roll the boulder up the hill. He was Charlie Brown always thinking he was going to hit that field goal. He was all those things wrapped into one of the greatest left tackles to ever play the game. The simple stat, 10 Pro Bowls, 8th most by an offensive lineman. The better stat, he was invited to the Pro Bowl 10 times in a row. No offensive lineman has ever done that before. He was named All-Pro first team six times. The best stat, 11 seasons from 2007 to 2017, he played 10,363 consecutive snaps. I'm not talking about he never missed a game. I'm not talking like Brett Favre or Cal Ripken he played 10,363 consecutive snaps. I think that's a little bit more impressive than Phil Kessel. Now, my introduction to him, I remember, because I'm a draft nerd, I remember when he got selected third overall, and, and they cut to New York, and, the, and uh, he wasn't there on draft day in, in, you know, at Madison Square or, or Radio City Hall, wherever they have the draft in New York. Anyway, he was not there. He was out fishing with his father on Lake Michigan. And they showed a shot of Joe Thomas and his dad on a boat. So instead of being in a tux in a suit with all the top picks, he was on a boat fishing. That day fishing was his last good moment. Because here comes the sports tragedy. Not real tragedy. I'm not comparing this to you know what's happened over the last couple of days or real tragedy. I'm talking about sports tragedy. He plied his trade at the highest level for Cleveland In Thomas's 11 seasons, he never made the playoffs. He had just one winning record, 10 and 6 in 2007. That was his rookie year, and the team didn't even qualify for the playoffs. In 2022, if you get 10 wins, you would have won the NFC or AFC South crown in a landslide with 10 wins. But in 07, nope, missed the playoffs. Little did he know that was the zenith of his professional career from a team perspective. Speaking of his team, his team won 48 games during his time there. They lost 128. He had six head coaches, Romeo Cronell, Eric Mangini, Pat Shermer, Rob um, Chudzinski. I completely forgot about Rob. Uh, Mike Pettin and Hugh Jackson. Holy Lord, is that a who's who of who? That is a who's who of who the hell is that? Now let's get to the fun part. Let's talk about the 20 quarterbacks he blocked for. And to my producer, Josh, I know it's sometimes hard to pay attention to my ramblings, but I really want you to pay attention. And how many of these names do you recognize? So here are the 20 quarterbacks that, uh, that Joe Thomas blocked for. And I've, I put them in different categories. The first category, first round failures, over immature, overrated Johnny Manziel, 29 year old rookie. Yeah, he was a rookie at 29, Brandon Whedon and Brady Quinn. Woof. Then there was the washed up quarterbacks just wanting a paycheck. Jake Delome, RG three, Jason Campbell. Then there was the great backup, Colt McCoy. You had professional clipboard holders Brandon Hoyer and Josh McCowan then you had the dudes that you only knew if you really super duper loved college football I'm talking about Seneca Wallace Cody Kessler Deshaun Kaiser then there's the group of total unknowns and shame on you if you knew all these guys Kevin Hogan Austin Davis Thad Lewis Connor Shaw Bruce Gretkowski and Charlie Fry. Next, my category, that dude who looked like Jesus and once dated Jewel, Charlie Whitehurst. And finally, of it all, the best quarterback that Joe Thomas ever played for, Derek Anderson. The guy made one Pro Bowl. That was in 2007, the only winning year. Why did he make the Pro Bowl? Because Tom Brady was like, thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) Yet... Joe Thomas never left, never wanted to be traded. So let's all tip our caps to a man who did did nothing but pure excellence, yet never got his moment in the sun. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. How many of those quarterbacks do you recognize uh,
1: there, Josh? wrote them all down. I'd say of your list, Manzels, yeah. the Manzels, the Quinns, the RG3s, yeah. the McCoys, the Hoyers. I'd say of of the list around legitimately know about their stats, about how they played, yeah. I'd say about five. <laughs> is exactly. that impressive or
2: not? No, that is. Like, you know, some of the names you've heard, like RG3, you now see him as a broadcaster. Johnny Manziel was, you know, famous college guy, you know, didn't do anything in the NFL or the CFL. Uh, but. Joe Thomas didn't like over eleven thousand consecutive snaps, or sorry, over ten thousand consecutive snaps. An incredible career by a guy you just
1: wanted to give a hug to because he never did any winning. (laughs) That's the problem. Spending his whole career in the land of all of the heartbreaks and the struggles, but he stood out like the Pro Bowl. He was incredible, and he's an incredible. 2010 bro- team.
2: Yeah, he's an incredible broadcaster. He is. Uh, he lost so much weight afterwards; you would not recognize him. I, I wonder if you're a Browns fan, how hard is this day? Because you want to celebrate Joe Thomas, but by celebrating him, all it does is amplify over a decade of abject failure. You know, it, it's, it, it- does. It- it's like trying to celebrate Vernon Wells or Carlos Delgado. You know, those guys individually were great till near the end of Vernon's contract. But the teams never did any winning. So, we will break a little bit early because on the other side, um, live from Halifax, Kevin McGran, who's covering the World Juniors, will get into Canada and their 6-2 win over the U.S. And just how different this game should be for the gold against Czechia than the last one was. That's coming up next right here on Gameplay. Welcome back everybody. This is Gameplay. I am your host. 6 o'clock today. It is the gold medal game. Canada taking on Czechia. And we'll get Kevin McGran will join us in a couple minutes. Uh, but real quick, uh, producer Josh, scale of 1 to 10. How scared were you early yesterday when not only the states were up 2 nothing, but they were dominating the play?
1: I'll say a solid 7. Mm-hmm. It did get to me right at the start of the game. It's like, wow. United States is coming out. Guns blazing. Yeah, They're scoring. Millich doesn't look the, the greatest at the start of the game. He turned it around, though. What a phenomenal performance by him. Yeah. 43 of 45 shots saved. That was impressive. They weren't clicking. Then all of a sudden, and it also, confidence level went up to 10. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Canada started scoring. Looked great. Bedard got them on the board. And then it all turned from there.
2: Yeah, it, it did, and uh, let me add to that on the Connor Bedard because I know you got to uh, get a hold of uh, of Kevin McGran. I thought um, I thought Jeff O'Neill brought up a really good point during the first period intermission was early on in that game Canada just going for the artistic, going for the for the elite, going for the skill pass and all that. And it wasn't working. In Canada, they, they got outshot like 9 nothing to start. Most of their shots were not really dangerous ones on the first power play. And then Bedard's like, bleep it, I'm just going to the net. I'm, just gonna, I'm driving to the net, going to go hard, and, and then scores on the, uh, on the deflection. And everything started to change there. You know, just uh, got the, the pass from Del Mastro, uh, redirected it, nothing fancy. Simple grind goal. And that sort of changed it. Then the, the, the second goal of the game was very similar to the first, um, you know, the, by, by Stankoven uh, to tie it. And, you know, in close, nothing pretty about it. So it was Connor Bedard that got the turnaround started. And then after that, it was, uh, it was Thomas Millich. 45 saves, you know, or uh, excuse me, 43 saves. States hit 45 shots. States dominated the first 12 minutes. Um, the U.S. had other stretches where they look really dangerous. We're better in, uh, scoring chances, slot shots, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but Canada beats the United States 6-2. So before we, before we look ahead, uh, to tonight with Kevin McGrath from the Toronto Star, uh, first off, Kevin, thank you for joining the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year right back to you. How's everybody back home? Everyone is great. I can't speak for everyone. Most people. There's a couple I haven't got a hold of because I don't like texting. Uh, But let's start here, Kevin. How different was the mood, the atmosphere, the feel in Halifax um, after goal number two by the States versus one second after Connor Bedard scored?
3: The crowd never gave up. The crowd was the best player on the ice for the first ten minutes of the game. They were they were chanting and cheering. They weren't going to let Canada lose this game. The crowd was absolutely amazing. They always believed. I, I got. It. That's the only way I can look at it. Like they, the the the. Uh I mean, it got louder when Canada scored, obviously. But I don't think there was a, a doubt in anybody's mind among the uh, among the fans that Canada was going to win that game, despite being down two nothing. And it was like just from a hockey perspective,
2: the States. It wasn't just they were up two nothing, but they were dominating. I, I thought they, uh, the the second goal by Kenny Connor. I called it one of those inevitable goals because of all the high end chances the States was, were getting.
3: Oh yeah, no question the Americans came out and and really gave it to Canada. I wasn't exactly sure what the Canadians were thinking. They they certainly didn't look like they were passing. They seemed to be falling a lot. I know the ice conditions neither team really liked the ice conditions. Um, but uh I just e- even I I mean I predicted a 5-2 Canadian win before ah, the game. And you. and uh I just I just kind of looked at, at the talent level of both teams and the desire for both teams and and, and what the crowd has meant to Canada. And uh, I, I knew they'd find their footing. And when they finally started to score, it was pretty much over from there.
2: It was. And um, to me, and this before he came on, I thought Jeff O'Neill nailed, nailed it. The Connor Bedard goal, it was no, you know, seven fancy passes. It's just, I'm going to just drive to the net, throw the puck, and I'll redirect it. It was just a simple grind goal.
3: And and the same with Adam Fantilli's goal. Like yep. they were all just get right to the net and get your stick down and make a play and make it happen. Um, yeah, they they've come a long way since that first game against Czechia when they, where they wanted to show off just how good and how talented they were. Um, uh, and now they are certainly more serious and uh, they got their heads together. They got their games together, and it was good to see. Uh, other lines like Fantilli's line I thought had a great game yep. uh s- start to uh start to contribute so that it's more than just uh the uh the kind of a dart line. Although Joshua who's on that line he might have been the best player on the ice uh for both teams outside of Thomas Miller, the goalie. Uh Joshua had uh, had an amazing, amazing game offensively, defensively, penalty kill. He was he was fantastic.
2: Oh, yeah. Score to make it 4-2 and assist, as you mentioned, great on the penalty kill. Let's, let's talk about Thomas Milich, about what we saw and what we'll see tonight. Cause the one difference is Milich wasn't in net in that first game of the tournament where they lost to Czechia. And that takes nothing away from Czechia. They were great in that first game. But first going back to last night, I wonder, I wonder how different that game would have been if, if Milich was just average.
3: Well, the one thing that I like about this goalie, uh, he's got a lot of personality and he's not afraid to say things. And he calls himself a big game goalie. He wants to be the guy in the big game at the big moment because he just believes innately he's going to make the big save. And we saw it against Slovakia, glove safe in overtime that, that, I mean, even the Canadian bench thought was going in. And then that sets up the dart for the winner. Uh, and we saw it against the Americans last night where he just, he just wouldn't let in legal goals. Uh, for the, for the Americans um like they had a lot of he had a lot of uh they had a lot of high danger chances uh, the game was could have really gone either way uh, there was there was a point where they it, it looked like the Americans were just coming on certainly to start the early part of the third period the Americans were just attacking attacking and he was just he was he, had, he has kick saves in his arsenal he's got a fast glove um his rebound control is pretty good but he's got the attitude that you want that he's going to be the guy to to make a difference. And I wonder
2: how much of a difference that makes for tonight. And like we always want to say the games are going to be close. And no one wants to say it's going to be a blowout because, uh oh, don't jinx them because this is sports <laughs> and you know we are filled with superstitions and voodoo. It's just part of being a sports fan. But I, I, I look at this game and it's 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 gonna be an upgrade in net. It's going to be Canada who got that scare late against Slovakia, early against the United States, and they lost to Czechia. I just, I, I think uh, tonight it is going to be a revenge win for Canada looking to break their one game losing streak against Czechia.
3: I agree with you 100%. I mean, they they got want by, Czech, by Czechia. They got schooled and they took that through the entire tournament. And now uh, they have a chance of redemption to to show Czechia who they really, really are. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy that Czechia is here. I, I mean, that's a country that we all know and love and respect as a hockey country. And it's kind of shocking. They haven't won a gold medal here in 22 years or a medal of any color. I don't know, I think, Seventeen years or something like that, uh, because we you know we know the history of that country and, and we respect them as a hockey country. But I think Canada is getting seven goals tonight. I, I don't know how many Czech he's getting, but I think Canada is getting seven. All right, and uh, I think they're I think I think Bedard is, you know, if it gets if it gets to be to the blowout stages, we might see the, uh, the lacrosse move, and we might see Bedard. I think he's still chasing uh, Peter Forsberg for the overall tournament record for points, so he might get there tonight. If 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 it's a one way if it's a one way show, I don't want to take anything away from Czechia because they're they're an awesome hockey nation with a great hockey culture. I just think this Canadian team. Um, I predict that they wouldn't lose a game. I obviously was wrong on that first one, but I, they found their game since, and I and I don't think you taking any prisoners.
2: So then uh, let's let's uh, let's sort of deconstruct that answer before we let Kevin McGrand from the Toronto Star go. Um, on FanDuel, the over under is 7 goals. You're taking the over of 7. That's at plus 108. So if you bet 100 bucks, you would win well, 108. It could
3: be. It could be seven nothing.
2: Mm. Oh, so what
3: are you doing to me?
2: What are you doing? What are you? What are you? What are you doing to me? here? Also, Kevin, you beat me to the joke. I was going to be like, what are the what are the odds? The game winner is a Michigan goal by Bedard. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I think I think Bedard and Fantilli have have a quiet bet on the side for who gets the first one. They sort of like backed away from any idea of even trying it after it worked so poorly for them in the first game, but uh, we might yet see it as a sort of an exclamation mark on the game. That's that's me. I, I hope I haven't jinxed them, but I'm all for like a good 4-3 close game, maybe with an empty net or even overtime. That would be fantastic television viewing. But I just got this feeling that Canada is just going to be relentless from the start tonight.
2: Well, someone who may have put down $31.18 on Canada win by more than two goals, I'm hoping for the Kevin Magran, uh prediction to come true. Kevin, appreciate so much. It's been a really fun tournament, and you're right. Um, the, the biggest star is Bedard, uh, Logan Cooley, Thomas Millich, but the crowd has been a massive star in this tournament as well.
3: Absolutely, they've been. It's been an amazing place to see. I'm so glad that the World Junior Hockey Championship is back in a junior city.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. Thanks so much. Enjoy, enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. See you again. Yeah, that is Kevin McGran from the Toronto Star. All right, so McGran's seeing like a seven nothing game. So yeah. I'll go over what my bet is, and we'll get into the Raptors, and we'll do that on the other side. I'm Matthew Cause. You are listening to Gameplay right here on TSN 1050. Yeah! Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Kaz. I've I've sort of teased it a couple times. I don't know how the hell you would bet on the Chicago Bulls. I see them on on Fanduel, and I, I think I'm just going to avoid them until the trade deadline. The Bulls are eight and one against the Celtics, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Heat. The Bulls are having a horrible season. How the hell are they beating all the good teams? Like the, the, the Raptors, one issue here is now they're like 9 and 17, 9 and 18, 9 and 19, something like that, um, against teams with winning records. The Chicago Bulls are four games under 500, but they're seven games over 500 against the top three teams in the East and the Miami Heat. Josh, I cannot, under, I, I cannot explain them.
1: I can't explain that either. It seems like a team who's on the verge of looking towards a big deal. Like you look at the names of the trade. I guess assets. I guess the the buzz around the team. Yeah, there's been the Vucevic Rubers, and yeah. Lavine, yeah. Demar Derozan. So mm-hmm. I think the chemistry issue is already one big factor. But to go on and beat the I guess the top of the NBA and then lose to, for an example, the Charlotte Hornets. It's, yeah, it's so odd. But then if you look at them in the standings. They're still in a playing spot. Yeah, they're they're tenth.
2: They're a half game over the Wizards. Yes, they are site. in a playoff spot, but that is damning with faint praise um, when it when it comes to the when it comes to the Bulls. And speaking of like chemistry issues, do we have to ask that about the Raptors? Like the, the Raptors lose one hundred four one hundred one to the Bucks. And by the way, that comeback that was on a bad play. That was listen. Good job by Gary Trent Junior. to hit that three. But a step-back three-pointer with Brock Lopez with a hand in his face, that's not a good shot. It went in. He's been playing better recently. But I, I am confused about the Raptors.
1: Have we ever seen a stranger game than the one last night
2: no and we can get into that like the Raptors scored twelve points in the first quarter and they scored more than that in like a hundred seconds like there's there's some crazy stats about about the uh, about the comeback where a twenty eight seven run um, they were down ninety to sixty nine with over just over three minutes to go in the fourth the Raptors scored thirty eight points in the fourth quarter they scored thirty eight points in the first half there's tons of them out there but the, the bigger picture thing for me, for the, the, this team, beyond the fact they cannot shoot. They cannot shoot. Oh. I don't know how much I can put this on injuries. Last year's team won 48 games. Siaka missed 14. Fred Van Vliet missed 17. Gary Trent missed 12. OG Ananobi missed 34.
1: Barnes missed 8. They won 48 games. You can't put it on the injury status. Now, the, for most of the season, they've had... A relatively healthy lineup, Yeah, the only player who's mostly been out at this point, they don't really see him coming back anytime soon, is Otto Porter Jr. And he was never part of the team last year, and he was supposed to be a depth scorer. He was, like, it
2: wasn't like he's going to fix the three-point shooting.
1: No not not entirely. That's not the goal that they wanted to have. It was more of like a veteran presence to yeah. come in and play defense, maybe shoot the
2: hit, occasional listen, 3,
1: hit some shots,
3: but they you know, it. but
2: yeah, but
1: he was not going to be the
2: needle mover that took no. them from 48 wins to 51 wins. Close. That's not what his wh- his job was. Um Leo Routins will join us. We'll, we'll get into the Raptors and just more and more I get confused. I have been optimistic about this team because they have deserved the benefit of the doubt, but the benefit of the doubt is eroding a little bit. in me. I know I'm supposed to celebrate that they came back, but I can't help the fact that what you scored 12 points in the first quarter. No one's shooting the ball well. Anyway, um you know what we do it each and every the each and every Thursday here on GamePlay, it is time now for the sports edition of Stardom uh, of F Mary Kill. Time now for Stardom Cut Cutum. Today we're going to have you play a fun little game called marry, kill. Oh, wow. For this game, we'll show you pictures of three people,
3: and you have to decide which one you want to have sex with, which you'd marry, and which one you'd kill. Oh, okay. That sounds fun.
2: Alright, producer Josh, what do you got?
1: Okay, here we go, Matt. Let's start it up. It has been a wild, wild historic week in the NBA. And... Filled with career nights. Yes. History. Yes. So, on a game scale, would you start, sit, cut these games? Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo's 30, 20, and 10. He's the first player have 200 points, 80 rebounds, 30 assists, over a five-game span since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1972.
2: That speaks numbers. And by the way, real quick, his assist to uh, Grayson Allen, the the game-winning shot in overtime, all five Raptors collapsed on him, and he was able to get the, the ball to Grayson Allen. But yes, okay, so Giannis, yep.
1: Donovan Mitchell's career high. Yep. Becoming only one of the seventh players in NBA history to hit that 70-point mark. Yep. Or LeBron James putting up 47 points, triple-double, on his birthday. Still putting up numbers. This is a tough one, but I want to get your opinion. I'm cutting LeBron because he did that on purpose because it's his birthday and he likes to get
2: attention for himself. So I'm cutting, I'm, I'm cutting LeBron, but let's face it, it's incredible. He's Tom Brady in basketball shorts. It's incredible. I am going to cut LeBron. I am going to... I'm going to sit Donovan Mitchell because it took overtime. I'm going to start Giannis Antetokounmpo because uh, recency bias and just the ridiculous numbers he's putting up. And he's doing a lot of this without his second or third best player in the lineup.
1: I want to stay on the NBA side here, Matt, because there's so many intriguing storylines around the association. All-Star voting is out. Yep. Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Sixth in front court votes. In the East? In the East. It goes Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, yep. Joel Embiid, yep. Jason Tatum, yep. Jimmy Butler, and then Pascal Siakam. Okay, so it's it's what we're
2: really just arguing about. Is, well, let's see. Okay. Um, I would have Durant and Giannis over him. I got to check. Has Embiid played enough game? I mean... Yes, no, but that's fair. I mean, that, that's how good the NBA is right now. That's how good it is. How much talent that Siakam should be. Siakam should be ahead of, of Butler, but you can absolutely make the argument. Um, I mean, D- Durant and Giannis obviously better than Siakam. The Tatum now Tatum's got to be over si- Tatum's got to be over Siakam, and Embiid
1: does as well. No, that's just change Butler and Siakam. That's fair. That I'll go into the start of some question. I just yeah. wanted to mention that before yeah. I go. Yeah, LeBron James. Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Mm. Oh, Start, sit, cut on the seasons they've had as yeah. they have the most votes as of right now.
2: I am going to cut Kyrie Irving he, uh, I'm sorry. The stink of the off season. The stink of what he did. The stink of what he was promoting. Sorry, Kyrie, you're getting cut on this list. Also, you got a uh, you got an incredibly talented team around you. Do not you know why? Because one of the other guys is is on this list. I am. I'm starting Durant, I'm sitting LeBron. I'm, like LeBron, I'm sitting LeBron for his passive-aggressive comment he made a week ago. He's like, hey, I'm just, I just want to win. That's all I care about. I am just care about winning. It's like, really? You know, I mean, go, Why are you complaining, LeBron? You gave up all those draft picks to get Anthony Davis. This is where you were going to be. So starting,
1: uh, starting Durant, sit LeBron, cutting Kyrie. You can all make a case for either. Like, this goes in so many ways, but. I'm not, I'm not making the case for Kyrie. He's playing great. He's got a great team around him. He does. He's been put, he's put in a position to succeed. We cannot deny how excellent the Brooklyn Nets have been. You just you just well, can't. We can't do it. No, we're not. We're not. We That's I started
2: it. Kevin Durant.
1: I'm not denying it. I started no. Kevin Durant. True. Yeah. Canada-U.S. has yeah. posed such an incredible rivalry throughout hockey. Yeah. And I'm going to go on an NHL scale because All right. these rivalries. They're huge. Mm-hmm. So, starts it cut on the rivalry scale on the ice, Montreal Canadian, Montreal Canadiens against the Boston Bruins. Montreal versus Boston. Yep. Toronto Maple Leafs against the Montreal Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Or the Calgary Flames battle of Alberta against the Edmonton Oilers. I'm cutting. <sighs>
2: I'm cutting Toronto versus Montreal. I know they faced off against each other in the playoffs, but that was the bubble North year. And before that, we haven't... When was the last time those teams teams played in the playoffs? You'd think I would have that date off the top of my head. So I'm going to cut them... I'm going to sit Montreal versus Boston. Even Montreal sometimes, you know, they they certainly upset Boston every month. So they did it, I think, when Halak was in net. But I'm going different. I'm doing this because everyone complains, TSN, it's East Coast bias.
1: I'm starting Calgary versus Edmonton. That was a hell of a series last year. It was. But going against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, many people are saying because that's, when would both those teams been great at the same time? They haven't. There you go. That's so, why. I guess outside of a playoff scale, yeah, we'll go outside of a playoff scale. Okay. Matt, let's hit the links. Sure, Century Tournament of Champs. Oh my PGA god!
2: PGA <laughs> Tour. Okay, wait a minute. You are. Would you got money on this? Do you have money on this? Possibly. No one like we're gonna have Adam Scully on to sort of preview, look at because the PGA is actually starting, and we will do some betting angles on this. But your voice talking about the century, whatever the hell it is you just said, was way too way too a much massive energy. Tournament. It's
1: okay, massive. Wow, not near a major level, mm-hmm. but we're kicking off the year, Max. All right, all right, we're kicking off the year. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, what's, so what's your what's your question? So with the PGA tour uh-huh. starting yeah. up. If you had to pick, uh-huh. who will achieve and win a major first? Yeah. Would you go Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, or John Rahm?
2: Okay, hold on. Give me give me give me that list. Uh, bu- bu- bu. I got to I got to write this down. Give me that list Thomas,
1: again. Thomas, McIlroy,
2: John Rahm. Mm. Um, I'm going to start Rahm. I am. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut. Uh, uh, cut. McElroy. I'm gonna sit. Thomas. McElroy feels like he is now in that phase of just of um, you know of just cursed of just cursed individual.
1: <laughs> oh, I want to see McElroy win another.
2: We I- all do. We, I, all, I really we all do. do. We all we all do. If I if he's I he's not playing this weekend. Yeah, but oh, but, but it's the century blur blur blurb. I mean, this <laughs> is on, massive man.
1: event. Where's where's Rory? Where's I'm Rory? curious our, our audience here. There's yeah. definitely some people out there hitting on the links. Yeah, chipping some money in there. Yeah. Come on, I know.
2: <laughs> McRoy's the oldest of all those three guys you mentioned. Thirty three years old, but McElroy was uh, was higher than either of them in terms of money last year, getting just over eight point five million. Um, second was just and Thomas in this list of three. And then John Rahm, huh, 15th in the money. 15th in the money huh, kind and of a plus in a more.
1: 600 to win the first PGA oh. Tour event. And this course in Hawaii, if you look uh, at it, Matt, uh-huh. it's made for long hitters. Okay. So there's some value. I know you'll probably talk to Adam Scully about this, Steve, but he gathers up. I will. But there's some there's some intriguing picks in there.
2: By the way, giving you an update right now at the Century Tournament of Champions. Canada's own Adam Svensson leads it. Um, he is even today through one, and he's 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 the only one who's golfed. So he's uh, he's the only one who's carded so far. So he uh, he made par on the first hole. Right now he is uh, he the is leading. Has just started. Has just started. It has just started. Yes, but as of now. As of two forty-three PM Eastern time, Adam Simpson is uh, your leader so far at the Century Tournament
1: of Champions. Mark that down. Maybe mark, a good bet. to mark hold. That down. last one here, Matt. Thanks yes. to intern Adam, oh, who's Adam, been yeah. cooking up these stardom sitem condoms, yeah. helping us out here. Good at job. The good job yesterday. Studios. Let's go yeah. back in a world junior scale. Halifax has been buzzing. Yes. It has been wild there. Singing the heave away and going absolutely nuts whenever Canada scores. Yeah. I, I I, would love to be there right now and see that environment. On an expansion scale mm-hmm. throughout the National Hockey League, yeah. Start sit cut, which city do you think could hold another hockey team? Okay, yep. I'm going to change Inter-Nahem's answer up a little bit. I'm going to keep two of them. Okay. And I'm going to throw my own in there. All right. Quebec City. Uh-huh. Halifax. Yep. Or another team in TO. All right, let's cut Halifax.
2: Um, f- first off, uh, just. The travel there, um, and they're having trouble financially getting a CFL team. I would love it. I would love it. But I'm going to cut Halifax. I'm uh, sitting Quebec City. Au revoir. And I'm starting Toronto. Toronto, absolutely. It should have a... By the way, this is a topic for the middle of summer when we got nothing to talk about. And the Leafs are taking on the Twins today. What are we going to talk about? Uh, but but the number one is Toronto. They're, the fact there's not a second team here, and there's like 17 of them. In the greater New York area is ridiculous.
1: The start is Toronto. I know this is. I know this is like a lower news type of scale. Oh Gordon yeah, Maple Leafs playing the Seattle Kraken tonight. Yeah. Yes. that's some more of the focus. Kraken, but I bet many people in this city start to say, "Wow, well, hmm." Could a place like Hamilton hold a a team? Could a place like Vaughn hold a team? Yeah. That would compete with the blue and white. So Mm -hmm. not going to have that conversation today. That's the end of Stardust. Nice job.
2: Nice job. On the other side of the show, my message to one of the best receivers in football, Devonta Adams. You need better dreams. I'll explain in a moment right here on Gameplay. Well, Max. Oh, boy. Producer Josh, I need you to clip the, that first sound that came out of my mouth as we came out of break. Because I've done this before. I was going to say welcome back. And I rushed my words so oh, much. No. I combined welcome and back. <laughs> I, okay. I'm, you, you, you spat out like a. Okay. What I want you to do right now kay. is I'm going to just yammer about some things. Okay. I want you to, to, to isolate that sound that I just did come in at a break. Let's listen back to that because okay. that was that the height of stupidity. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Goss, right here on TSN 1050. I want to remind everyone that the show is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Also, I want to remind everyone, the gold medal game, Canada versus Czechia, goes on. Um, our coverage starts at around 6 o'clock, puck drop around 6.30. can also tell you the United States is up one nothing on Sweden in the bronze medal game. Canada with, as mentioned before... You know they win six-two. They score six straight goals after the states went up two nothing. But a lot of people, I include myself, was scared, was absolutely terrified because it wasn't just the goals. It was they were dominating. Canada just wasn't making their presence felt. Bedard changed that with his goal. Thomas Milic was the number one star with over forty saves last night, and some crazy ones, timely ones. It's not just the number of saves. It's it's high danger chances. It's it's great rush opportunities by. the the United States. A sliding save late in the power play in the third. Uh, a ridiculous night for him and why I think Canada is going to win and, and win fairly handily against Czechia. I hope I'm wrong. I want an entertaining game, but Milch didn't play in the first game and the goalie uh, gave up five goals on 17 shots. I mean, for Cecchi to win, they're going to need their goalie who made 34 saves on 36 shots. They're going to need need him to repeat it. But I don't expect him to be as good. I think Milic is going to be better than Goudreau was. And I don't think Canada finishes with six penalties like they did in the first game at the World Junior. So I am taking Canada. I'm betting on them even at uh, minus two and a half goals. Uh, I found that on FanDuel. So that is, uh, that is my bet. I, uh, I also bet the money line, but I, I, had it t- I, I bet enough so that if Canada wins but doesn't win by, by the two and a half, then I'm allowed, um, then everything evens out, if that makes sense. I, I think I rambled a bit there. But basically, I bet them to win by more than two and a half. Then I just took the cowardly bet, them on the money line, and I bet enough on the money line that if Canada wins by one goal, I'm even-steven. Canada wins by more than two goals, I win a little bit
1: more, Czechia wins, and then I'm just um, moody on Friday. Well, Matt, we'll play, we'll play that audio in just a second. I just want to hop in and just say, those are solid picks. Um, going back on the over stance, Yeah. Team Czechia's goalie, Thomas Ihanik, he's similar to Milic. And Sahanic, by the way, I uh, I've just been saying the Czechia goalie because I've been afraid to say the last name oh, Sahanic. W H yeah. L Tri City Americans. That's why I don't think this game is going over. I think it's going to stay under the seven. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a Canada moneyline type of day. It's hard not to go against our own here. Yeah, that spread is heavy. Like I. Check is a great solid team that we shouldn't put under the radar. I know many people are going to say, "Wow, well, Canada's—they're jumping. They're ready for this game. The mm-hmm. Michigan's going to come out again. If yeah. that—if that Michigan comes out again, it's not coming out. It's not. It's not. It's not. not. It cannot happen. You're not going to see it. You're, but, you're not David, see you're it. a check on the other side. David Spasek. Uh, on the other side. There's we'll nine. There's nine first addictions. rounders. There's nine first rounders on the Leafs.
2: Uh, on the Leafs. On the Canada side, Canada's team, the Maple Leafs. Isn't that right, Edmonton? Uh, there is nine first rounders on Canada's team. It doesn't include Fantilli, who scored yesterday, um, or Bedard, you know. And, and mm-hmm. so, uh, Canada's
1: going to win. It's crush show. They'll give you a hard time. Yeah. Just execute with the puck.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Play down throws the boards because yeah. they know you're going to be hitting you. And step up, play physical. But not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also. Pretty physical? Yeah.
2: Wait, hold on a second. Are you? It was that your segue yeah, that to was throw a to my segue. mistake. That wasn't a perfect segue. There's nothing physical about me <laughs> screwing up. Welcome back, you know. Uh, what you could have gone is yeah, there's many other ways you could have done the segue. Uh, but let's have a listen to it. Here was me coming out of break in this segment, excited to talk to you, the listeners. Excited because I love my job. And here is me trying to say the words, "Welcome back." The model. Well back! Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Well back! Oh, boy. oh, my God. Oh, boy. Oh, that's a bad screw-up by me. <laughs> like, what was processing? What was processing was we're coming at a break, and you know, I, I, a hundred different things I wanted to talk about. And I wanted to get to it as quickly as possible, and instead uh, I was rushing you see that 's a problem i 'm rushing just to get to the actual meat of the conversation, and so I just went back and that 's uh, that's, that's what I did there, so that uh, yeah, um, so that was a bit of a screw up by me. Mm-hmm. by the way, it needs to be said, um, Buffalo Bill safety demar Hanlon is um, is now is in much, much better shape. And, uh, like, he's he's holding the hands of his loved ones. He cannot speak yet, but he can write down things. And the first thing he wrote was, uh, you know, did we win the game? The doctor said, you won the game of life. And the developments over the last 24 hours have been incredible. Uh, DeMar's dad, addressing the team on Zoom, said, we finally started to smile, you know, just talking about what is going on. So it is great
1: news what is going on with DeMar Hamlin. Very excellent news. The Buffalo Bills will be speaking at about four thirty Eastern Time to update the situation. Uh, Sean McDermott, head coach of the Bills, will be speaking um, on all the f- on all the storylines going yep. going around this. But to know the substantial improvement, to know he's physically and mentally there with us. Yep. Um, it's, it's so important, Matt. So
2: it, It's incredible. And I'm seeing video of T. Higgins reacting to the news because he's the one who got who, the collision. It wasn't that much of a collision with him and DeMar Hamlin. And, no. of course, he's obviously been taking this just really hard as well. So this is really, really good news. And, Matt,
1: before we go, per the Associated Press, the yeah. NFL will not resume Monday's Bills-Bengals game. So it's done, official, done over Gunsler. totally done. they right. still... Uh, deciding on the process and how it determines playoff seeding and scheduling. That's yeah. the last of the news right now.
2: Not a shock at all. Um, a shocking final in last night's Raptors-Bucks game. You see, that's how you do a radio segue. i got to bounce back after a horrible start. Uh, we will get into last night's overtime loss with the Milwaukee Bucks. Leo Routens is going to join us to talk about the most confusing team in this city. That is coming up next right here on Gameplay.
0: This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.